Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty at episode 196, getting pretty close to 200 here. Super fun time to be a Dynasty Freak right now because Dynasty Freaks got to watch all 32 teams play again this week. It's great to see some teams actually put out their starters, at least for a possession or two. And a little frustrating that some teams did not. Uh, even though we couldn't see as much as we wanted, there's still a good bit of stuff that we can learn from watching all the preseason games from week number two. And so in this podcast, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the dynasty takes from my perspective after watching all of the week two preseason games, which I've done. Ten things to talk about here. First one I'll call, I was wrong. Got to start off on a positive note, right? I was wrong. I have to admit that I was wrong on Damian Pierce. Uh, last week, in week one of the preseason, he was one of the most outstanding players on the field. Averaged 9.8 yards per carry on five touches. It's just one preseason game, uh, but that's that was enough for the coaches to apparently keep Pierce off the field for the second preseason game, sending what I believe to be a clear signal that he is the running back that they plan to start week one. Uh, I stick, you know, by my rookie evaluation process, which really does place a lot of weight on college production, uh, but Pierce may be the exception to that rule. There's always going to be a player or two who breaks the trend, and it really could be Pierce this year. The thing I didn't like about him in college is he never had more than 106 touches, and he never had more than 574 yards in his rushing in all four years that he played. Uh, the only college statistic that he did have in his favor was a senior year he did have 16 touchdowns. I didn't think a player, you know, with such unimpressive, unimpressive stats, uh, you know, and limited team volume could become a starter in the NFL, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, one great preseason game does not make Pierce a fantasy starter, but on a team with terrible depth chart, uh, made him a starter in Houston. Uh, his dynasty value is going to increase significantly as a result. Uh, he's not getting drafted much higher in rookie drafts uh, than it was back in May. That's largely because there were dynasty managers who really believed in him back then. I went back and looked at my drafts, and he was getting drafted somewhere between uh, the 2.3 and 2.8 spots in all of my drafts that I did in May. And I just finished a recent draft, and he got drafted at 2.2. And so just not really tons tons higher, but just a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and say I was wrong. Point number one, admitting defeat, I have moved Pierce up to 16th in my rookie rankings, but that really puts me basically in line with the average ADP that he's been with already. And just now I'm willing to admit that I'll put him in that same spot as well, probably about 16th, making him be like about a 2.4 pick. Like I said, the draft I just did, he was drafted 2.1. So wrong on Pierce. Next thing I'll mention is what I'll call a new number two. Uh, Jalen Warren had a tremendous outing in his first preseason game. Um, this week, beat writers reported that Warren had leaped ahead of Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland on the depth charts. Kind of remains to be seen whether that's the case. He did take snaps behind Benny Snell, who actually played, uh, but he didn't do very well apart from one uh, you know, nice touchdown pass that he caught on a swing route. Uh, but Warren came in after that and played really well in the second week as well. Um, quite a quite an improvement for, you know, a, quite a feat for someone who's an undrafted free agent. Warren was a player um, who I picked up most off the waiver wire in all of my leagues this last week. Thankfully, I was the manager who won him in every league except one. I won bids in three leagues where the other managers bid on him. In one, one I outbid the manager by $1, so that was fun. 
then I lost a bid to one manager who bid 101 of a $1,000 budget. So 10% of the budget was spent on Warren in one of my leagues uh, this last week. I really loved Warren's college tape and his production and was surprised, very surprised that he wasn't drafted. I had him ranked 41st in my, uh, you know, before the uh, NFL draft, but I moved him way down to 63rd after the NFL draft. But after his performance these last two weeks, I've moved him back up just to 41st in my rankings, back to where he was beforehand. You know, it's all after all, he's still a backup, and he's back up behind one of the best young running backs in the league with Najee Harris. But he's a great player to hold on dynasty rosters because if Harris gets hurt, Warren could very much be the new number two, like I said, in Pittsburgh. Third thing I'll mention is what I'll call Homer pick, Travis Homer. He played really well last week and did so again this last week. So the last two weeks, he's done well. In week one, he had 41 yards rushing on just four carries, and he also had 33 yards receiving and two receptions. That's more than 10 yards per carry and more than 15 yards per reception. Uh, this week, he did it again. He had 44 yards on five carries, almost nine yards per carry. Homer's definitely third on the depth chart behind Rashad Penny and Ken Walker, so I really, really wasn't interested in Homer even after you know he did play well these last two games. But when it was announced this week that Walker had a hernia surgery, I found myself a little bit more interested in picking up Homer. I did pick him up in one league, and I saw him picked up in several other leagues too. I'm only interested, you know, if this is a very, very deep league, uh, because Rashad Penny, you know, has battled injuries, and Walker has a setback already to start the season, meaning he's the third man up, and it's possible that Homer's going to get some playing time this year. He's definitely a back end of the roster guy for sure, uh, but I was intrigued enough to pick him up and hold him, you know, on a roster until you know we have the roster cut day here coming out shortly. I'd consider adding him in some deep leagues just because he played so well and these injuries-prone guys are in front of him. Next thing I'll mention, I'll call sharing the love. Uh, last week, I was really tempted to write about how poor Jordan Love looked in Green Bay, but I actually just chose in that game to write about in a podcast about Romeo Dubs' performance. Romeo uh, Dobbs, as we're now supposed to call him. I'm trying to get used to that. So I chose to write about Dobbs instead, and I'm glad I waited because this week, Love actually kind of changed my mind. Uh, he looked great in his second preseason game. He was calmer in the pocket, showed more control of the offense. He checked down, you know, to a son of, you know, a lot of second and third reads, which was, was impressive. And he threw several, you know, nice touch passes downfield too. His day could have looked a lot better uh, had his teammates, including Dobbs, uh, not dropped passes. Like he's had so many drop passes. In fact, I saw Pro Football Focus. They actually reported um, after the game. This is what the quote was from their tweet. Love has had uh, eight drop passes in preseason already. He's adjusted completion percentage would have been 70.1%. He's had four what they deem big-time throws and only one, quote, turnover-worthy play in 53 dropbacks, end quote. So Love is showing some improvement, making him a great player to hold in super flex leagues. Uh, what's more important is as the Packers, you know, we need to figure out what the quarterback situation is going to be after Aaron Rodgers retires. And so I think knowing that Love is improving uh, gives me a little bit of hope for guys like uh, Mike Dobbs and even like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, other you know players, Christian Watson, that they're going to have there, knowing that they might have a good quarterback for the future is something. Next I'll uh, say picking up where they left off, the Bills I'm talking about. They rolled out their starters for the first possession and kept the starters uh, minus Josh Allen in for most of the second series as well. And the Bills scored on both possessions with that first team in there. And amazingly, they scored touchdowns on the next four possessions in a row. You can't make that, uh, you can't make too much of a preseason game, but the Bills already look like they're in Super Bowl, you know, ready to make a Super Bowl run like we all think that they will. 
Um, they seem to be unaffected by losing Brian Dayball as their offensive corner. Ken Dorsey seems like he's doing just fine, at least in what we've seen with his first team effort. On the first possession, man, Josh, Josh Allen, he's so awesome. Scrambled around in the pocket and then just threw a dart off of his back leg to Gabriel Davis for a touchdown. And then his day was done after that first possession. Uh, Davis picked up where he left off, you know, last we saw him, four touchdowns in a playoff game that ended the Bills' season last year. Um, same thing, Devin Singletary, he picked up where he left off. He had that six-game tear to end the season last year at Buffalo, fantasy tear, that is. Um, he started with the first team, had four great runs on that first possession, averaging almost 10 yards per carry. Moss did come in to score the second touchdown in a short yardage situation, but Buffalo had already pulled several of their starters off the field by that time. And so I think Singletary is a very overlooked dynasty in the dynasty community right now. It's a little difficult because he is in the last year of his contract, uh, so there's some reason to fear that he will not be signed with the team since Moss has two more years on his contract. And then, of course, they just uh, uh, drafted James Cook. He's got you know rookie contract still. The contracts, you know, the only reason why I don't have Singletary ranked higher than I do because I really like him as a player, and I still think he's going to be a very valuable starter for this year. So makes him a pretty great candidate, you know, to trade for if you're a contending team, or one to trade away if you're a rebuilding team. Next thing I'll mention uh, is I'll say a new. Oh, I just mentioned the new number two. Next one I'll mention is I'll call it uh, better late than never. That would be Josh Palmer, uh, and um, and. Joshua Kelly, Josh Palmer, the Joshes. Josh Palmer had a fantastic game for the Chargers, playing with a second teamers in the first half. He had an outstanding touchdown on a wide receiver screen. He got several deep passes as well. Uh, he showed promise in his rookie year last year, but when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were injured when he had more time, but he never quite solidified his role as a third receiver in the three receiver sets. And I think he's definitely going to do that this year. And what's more, he can actually show himself being the one that's able to replace eventually Keenan Allen in the next few years. I love that Palmer's tied, you know, uh, with tied up with Justin Herbert for the next you know, part of his career. I'm really eager to see that, and I'm happy that he is tied among my most rostered players. Then there was a Joshua Kelly. Uh, that did surprise me, though. Josh, Josh Palmer didn't surprise. Josh Kelly did surprise because it appears that he has the wide two, running back two position locked up in Los Angeles. Uh, beat writers reported that that was the case this week, and in the second preseason game, the way that they ran the players out there, it seemed like he did. Uh, he didn't look great in the game, but Isaiah Spiller looked even worse, which is crazy. I just assumed that Spiller was going to jump straight ahead of Kelly and Larry Roundtree. You know, by the time the season started, he would be the second guy up. But now it still looks like he's fourth in the rotation. Uh, Spiller's fall from Dynasty Grace has been slow and steady since the end of the college season. It was his injuries, then it was poor combine results, then it was the fourth round draft capital, and now pretty bad camp reports, and his Dynasty value is really sinking. Uh, there's still time for him to develop, you know, um, but running backs usually don't, you know, get better with time. They're that one position that usually either just pops in the first year or two or doesn't. And so far, that hasn't happened for Spiller, but it also hasn't happened for Kelly. I don't think he's going to pop this year, but I do think he's very valuable. Like I already said, it's very valuable in Dynasty to have these backup running backs that could be, you know, an injury away from just getting a higher workload. And so Kelly's a player worth uh, keeping. I actually traded Kelly away straight up for Boston, Boston Scott this week, and I may live to regret that one, although Scott looked pretty good in his, you know, where he was starting ahead of Miles Sanders during his injury um, in their, their last preseason game as well. Next thing I'll mention, I'll call it uh, in need of a gap year. Man, after watching the Titans' second preseason game, I think two players need a gap year this season. It's no surprise that Malik Willis is one of them. It's no surprise that he's not ready for the NFL. He was drafted in the third round for a reason. 
It is, however, a big surprise to me that Traylon Burks, the Titans' first-round pick, may need a gap year, too. Ryan Tannehill's job is very secure for this year, I'm certain. Uh, Williams is incredibly athletic, and he is fun to watch with the ball in his hands, but uh, he just can't curb his first instinct to run. I think he's going to have a hard time in the NFL and killing learners to do that. Now, he's going to need to learn to be more patient, see the field, something he clearly isn't doing well. He just kind of looks like he looks at one guy and then just decides it's time to run. He's obviously a player to hold on to in super flex leagues for certain, but in one quarterback leagues, if you don't have any taxi squads, it's going to be a little bit harder to hold on to him. As for Burks, he had just one catch for four yards after this week, after he had a goose egg last week. Uh, that's not what I would call improvements. Four yards difference. Uh, he's running with the backups, and he can't seem to move up the depth chart, um, even though he was a first-round pick. Uh, Willis is going to need a Tannehill injury before he's going to see the season, the, the field at all, maybe except for maybe some gadget situations. But Burks, you know, he's the opposite. He's definitely going to see the field this year. Uh, but from a fantasy production side, it really could be a year, a gap year for him too, meaning that he's not going to be a startable player in fantasy lineups this season. It's hard for me to believe, um, but almost every year there is a first-round wide receiver that busts. Man, I sure hope it's not Burks. I just drafted him for the first time, sticking to my draft board, and he just fell to me at 1.4. So people had already soured on him. He was usually picked number one or two in a lot of drafts. Fell to me at 1.4. I took him in my most recent rookie draft a, a week or two ago, and... I think he might need a gap year. One guy that might not need a gap year, my next point is moving on up, I'll call it. Moving on up, Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback drafted, and he does look like he's going to be the first rookie quarterback to see the field this position. Uh, Pickett ran with a third string last week, and then this week he ran with a second string, um, and, but he got to play with the first team offense, even though he was the second quarterback in there, and he looked great. He stood in the face of pressure, found an open man time after time. He was 6 of 7. He threw uh, t- uh, he threw a uh, Two touchdown passes. Uh, one was called back for holding, so technically on the stat line, he just he just threw one touchdown, but he threw two because one was called back. Uh, he was on time with his throws, and he just looked good, better than Mitch Trubisky. I still believe the Steelers are going to let Trubisky, you know, start the season, but he's going to be like on the shortest of shortest of shortest leashes for sure. The fans are going to demand it because they want to see their hometown boy win the job. So if Trubisky struggles at all, it's going to be time for him to move away for sure. And I think that Pickett can do that. I'm happy to say that I had Kenny Pickett as my top-ranked quarterback uh, in this class since I released my rookie rankings back in February before the Super Bowl, before the Combine, before the draft, before everything, and he stayed my number one quarterback in this class. Um, Hey, I've admitted when I was wrong on other takes already on this podcast, so here I'm going to at least admit that I was right on Kenny Pickett. Two more points from week number two in the preseason. Uh, Next one I'll call spread thin. Um, I'm beginning to get a little bit worried about the target share in Kansas City. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster didn't play in their second preseason game, but everyone else did, including Patrick Mahomes, and he led the team on two scoring drives to start the game. Uh, But what I didn't like is you just spread the ball around to everyone, including uh, Joey Fortson, a wide receiver that's been converted to tight end who caught both of Mahomes' touchdown passes. Fortson? Really? This situation, you know, could definitely benefit the Chiefs, but it's not going to help Dynasty Manager who really want, want someone to emerge as the second most targeted player behind Travis Kelsey. Uh, you can't wait too much into preseason games, of course, but I, I wish I could have had a better clue by now. You know, if it's going to be Juju or Sky Moore or MVS or McCole Hardman, who of those guys is going to become the second favorite target for Mahomes? Uh, after playing with Mahomes in this game, it might even be Justin Watson who put himself in the mix this week with Juju and Hardman out with injuries. Um, Watson played great too, so I'm kind of fading every one of the pass catchers here and uh, kind of thankful that my most rostered chief is actually Travis Kelsey. That's a good thing. 
I only have Juju and MVS on the same team in one league, but that's it for me uh, for pass catchers in KC. And right now, I'm kind of content with the way, <laughs> not having many of those guys with the way that they're spreading the ball around. Last thing I'll mention is I'll call it uh, uh, Tua Early to Tell. Ah, I did a little pun there. I'll end this podcast with a pun, Tua Early to Tell, because Tua's first you know, preseason action still just didn't instill any confidence in me. Uh, he mostly checked the ball down to running backs and tight ends. Uh, now, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill did not play, so it's definitely too early to tell on Tua. But I wish he showed something more you know, than he did in this first preseason action. It looked to me like Chase Edmonds is the starting running back for Miami, uh, though I'm sure that Raheem Mostert uh, will challenge him once you know he gets cleared to play. If Tua you know, is just kind of a dink-and-dunk quarterback, and that's just who he is, that's what he's shown so far in his career, You know, Edmonds definitely going to benefit the most from the running back position. But I'm just not, um, yeah, I'm just a little worried here. I'm not going to bury Tua yet. I need to see him with Waddle and Hill, and maybe if he is a dink and dunk quarterback, those might be two of the best guys that you can dink and dunk to. Um, but I just wish there was a little bit more that I could see. Uh, this season, for sure, once Waddle and Hill are playing with Tua, this season's going to cement his dynasty value one way or the other. And it's a little Tua early to tell, in my opinion. Sorry for the bad pun. Please forgive me. Hope that you enjoyed that. Hope that you enjoyed watching the second preseason games. We are one week away from the last preseason, and then it's time to get things rolling. Looking forward to talking about next week's preseason games on the next week's podcast. And then what we're going to do for the very last podcast before the season starts is talk about how my rookie rankings have changed from uh, May until September. Because I have my Freaks draft on Labor Day weekend. The Freaks draft is in person. We'll draft our rookies, and I'll look at the changes that have been made now that we have all the information, it's kind of fun to have one rookie draft, you know, at the very, very end of the season, right before the season, or into the, the preseason, right before the season starts. And so I'll talk about the rookies that have moved up the most in my rankings. So that's it for this week. A wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. It's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. Much better on email than I am on Twitter, so contact me that way. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot for me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.